Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Parenting with Play podcast. I'm so pleased you're here. Today it's a bit of an unusual episode because yesterday I um, appeared as a witness in a parliamentary inquiry and so I thought today I would talk a bit about that in relation particularly to the role of us as mothers and the work that we do as mothers and also looking at sort of more of a bigger picture about how to help our children. I'm Helena Mooney, and if you're wanting practical, respectful, and effective strategies to help transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. So to give you some context, in the Northern Beaches in Sydney, we have just got a new, brand new hospital. It's a public-private hospital, which means a private company is running, um, it is a dual public and private hospital which has major impact on maternity services. So for the last five years, I've been banging my head against a brick wall, trying to advocate for really good public maternity services. And yesterday, it all culminated in me going to New South Wales State Parliament and presenting at an inquiry that is being run by the State Parliament into the management and operation of the hospital. So... We spent years and I've worked with an amazing bunch of women over the time. Some have come, some have gone, some have stayed the whole way. And it's been a really, really extraordinary experience. A lot of the time it's just been horrendous because it just just feels like, you know, I've been banging my head against a brick wall. Um, We've been ignored, patronised, sort of belittled, generally ignored. But we've kept going and we've galvanised local support. We've teamed up with another committee, um, Save Monavelle Hospital Committee, and I've spoken at a number of their rallies there. And it's been a really extraordinary experience overall and one that we never thought would at least get to this stage. We just thought, well, you know, we're just going to be ignored. We'll do what we can and let go. And um, and so yesterday being at this parliamentary inquiry was really quite extraordinary. So what I wanted to talk about was some things that really came up for me when I was sitting there. I stayed there all day. I listened to everybody talking and offering their point of view, which is sometimes very conflicting to my point of view. Um, and yeah, so there's some things that I came away with and I thought I'd share today, which I think helps sometimes when we're with our children, we can get so caught up in the day to day matters, can't we? We can get caught up, you know, how do I help my two year old? eat their food properly and stop being so fussy? How do I help my siblings stop fighting each other? You know, all this sort of micro detail, which is really, really important. And sometimes when we're really focused on that, we can lose sight of the macro picture, the bigger picture. And sometimes I think it's really helpful to be reminded of why do we want to parent this way? Because there's a many different ways that you can parent. And you could be completely punitive and you could do whole many or just let them just do whatever. There's a reason why you're choosing to parent the way that you're wanting to parent, even though none of us get it right 100% of the time. But there's a reason why you want to, to do the best that you can and to be and to care about your children's emotions and to care about how vocal they can be and respected they can be and all that sort of thing. So sometimes I think it's helpful to look at the bigger picture as well. And one of the key things that came up for me um, was how birth and women's issues, I say this inverted commas, are important 
and that they need to be talked about and they need to be protected because generally it's us women who do do the majority of care in the community, caring for young children, caring for elderly, caring for other people's children. Generally, the caring role is put or is taken by women. And there's a whole range of things that go along with that. And I've actually recently been to a feminist talk as well, which again brought up some things for me too, which we might share here too. But often women's issues and birth, because I'm very passionate about birth as well, is seen as sort of something that women need to just sort out. It's not that important. You know, can everybody just stop making a fuss, just get on with things? It's not always worthy of great discussion. And it's easy for mothers to be patronised particularly when we're, you know, we're speaking out about things that we don't agree about. And even if you think about it, women debating the best way of parenting children or wanting to be treated or whatever it is that's coming up for women, it can be so dismissed as mummy wars. I mean, that's such a patronising term to start off with. Why can't it just be looked at people discussing and having conflicting points of views, but, you know, wishing the best for their children and trying to find out the best way to do it, rather than just being sort of subjected to this childish, infantile, mummy war sort of language. Can't stand it. Um, So particularly with birth and and, and early parenting, it's it's been a topic that I think has been ignored by feminism. Because obviously there's huge issues as feminists that they need to address, such as gaining equality out in the workforce, making sure that there's more representation for women, that women have greater access to earning capacities and ownership and all this sort of stuff. But I do feel that along the way, birth and traditional feminine roles, such as caring for children, has been ignored and left behind and it's sort of sort of just oh it's you know we don't talk about it because it should all be equal but you know women give birth and so we need to really claim respect for what we do as mothers we need to stand up for ourselves when we're pregnant when we're giving birth if you want to have a medicated free um, drug free water birth you should be respected If you want to go and have an epidural and a caesarean, you should be respected. But we don't respect women. We belittle them. We say, oh, you can't expect too much out of birth. And even this prominent feminist that I was talking to the other day, she was saying, as long as everybody's alive and women are not traumatised, that's basically what we need to expect from birth. And I fundamentally disagree with that. I think what us mothers, it's is important for us, is important for us. And we should be respected for everything that we do. Because what we do as mothers, regardless of what else we do out in the world, is so important and is so fundamental to society that we should absolutely be respected. I'm getting a bit ranty here. I hope you bear with me. Because we're not, as a whole. The, the funding for mothers is minimal, I see so many posts on Facebook about how women are on maternity leave and their partners are earning the money and restricting money to their wife or partner who has just had a baby because they're no longer earning money. That's that's appalling. 
we need to be valued for what our bodies go through, for what we go through hormonally and emotionally, because growing a baby within us, birthing a baby and caring for a baby is such important work. It transforms us as women. We go from a woman, you know, somebody childless to when we, 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 we turn into mothers and that fundamentally changes us, even though we often say, oh, I'm never going to be changed as a, as a person, but we do. And I have to say, I've become much more of a feminist since I've become a mother, because I think I was sort of taking workplace participation for granted. I never experienced overt sexism in the, in the workplace, but I have experienced it since I've become a mother. And it, particularly now that I've become an advocate for mothers and an advocate for good evidence-based best practice care as mothers, that I've experienced it a lot more and, and I'm over it. And I think we all need to stand up for ourselves and really value ourselves as mothers. Because unless we do that, we're not going to command much respect elsewhere. So a healthy community has healthy mothers at the heart of it because we're there at the foundations for the next generation. And if we don't value the next generation, if we don't value mothers, we're not going to value the next generation. Now, of course, this broadens out to parenting per se. And so it's not the exclusive role of mothers to do all the parenting. And it is so fantastic that more dads are becoming involved. And we need to continue with that, just like we need to continue women being out in the workforce and gaining equality in there. In fact, we should really be going for greater than equality because men have had all the power for thousands of years, but that's a different subject. But what I really want is along the way is that we don't devalue what we do as mothers. We don't devalue being there for our children when we can. I'm getting a bit out of breath just from sitting here talking because I'm just really passionate about it. And what happens at then when we don't fight for it is then it gets ignored. And one of the great things about yesterday's parliamentary inquiry was that maternity was mentioned many times throughout the day. And that was because us as a group of mothers made sure it was on the agenda. We've been talking to people. We've met with the health minister. We've met with the Northern Sydney Local Health District. And we've put in a submission and we're really claiming that it's very important how mothers are treated. And the maternity system as a whole is stuffed and it's wrong and women should be getting better access to evidence-based care rather than based on what is better for the system. So if you're pregnant and you're listening to this, I strongly encourage you to get a doula or get really, really good birth education so that you can really feel empowered in your birth because that is so important. Okay, where are we at? So we need to respect ourselves as mothers and broaden that out to include the fathers as well as parenting. But I think we really need to claim ownership of how fabulous and how deserving of respect we are as mothers. I think you get the picture now. The other thing, we need more women in positions of authority. And I know that this is so hard and I struggle with this myself, but it really struck me that yesterday I was watching um, evidence being given by the doctor's union, two men, then uh, the Nurses and Midwives Union of New South Wales, three men, and the Health Services Union, two men, and particularly the Health Services Union and the Nurses and Midwife Union, they're predominantly female professions. And yet the people who are representing them are men. And that there's a something wrong with that picture. So, 
as a society, and I have no answers for this, but as a society, we need to ensure that as women we're respected as mothers and as employees, managers, but, you know, professionals too, because we can't have men making all the conv- all the decisions for us. So it's very hard how to do that. But it, we somehow need to include the duality of being a parent and an employee. And this now is for both men and women. It shouldn't be so binary. It shouldn't be so black and white. Both parents need to be responsible for their children. And both parents need to be able to, to work part time. So in my view, we need to place parenting the next generation front and centre so that we then probably wouldn't have so many mental health issues. But we also need to, to change the system so that women can also participate whilst also caring for their children, so that men can participate whilst also caring for their children. We need to change something in society. It's something really wrong with this and we need to change it. Okay, number three is we need to help our children with their emotions so that they are less likely to carry hurts and upsets into adulthood. Because what I witnessed yesterday in the parliamentary inquiry was grown men behaving petulantly, rudely and very disrespectfully. There was shouting, there was pettiness, there was intense flashes of emotions over what to me seemed incredibly trivial matters. And I was sitting there trying not to smirk, actually, because everybody was taking it so seriously and all getting very cross with each other. And I'm going, really? Your behavior? This is like reminiscent of, you know, me with my children. This is just craziness that this is, these are elected officials making huge decisions and they're behaving just so pettily. So a big part of it, I think, is due to the system that they're in, the Westminster Parliamentary system, which is what Australian is based on, is very adversarial and very combative. And, you know, without going too much feminine, masculine, but it is a very masculine approach of dealing with things that you have to shout down, you have to dominate, you have to um, put others down so that your point of view is heard. And I just think that's such a wrong way of being. And that as parents following this approach, if you're listening, still listening to this podcast by now, that that's what we're trying to change, isn't it? We're trying to bring empathy and compassion and play to our children so that they can then grow up to be more empathic and bring play and, and respectful of other people. Now, not everybody did respond like that, but it was so marked, the two people who did, that I found it really quite extraordinary. And it struck me, the one man in particular who was being very expressive, was that we can allow our four-year-olds and our children to have that safe space in our home to fully express themselves. And actually, the more that our children can fully express themselves in our home, the less likely they're going to carry that out into the school or daycare or wherever they are. And the less likely they are to carry that into adulthood. The less like the more that our children can cry and rage and laugh and play with us, the less upset feelings they're going to carry with them. Now, of course, they're still going to be carrying some. There's no way we can stop anything from carrying on up into adulthood. But the more that we give our children that emotional outlet at home, the more emotionally stable they're going to be. Even though when in the process of us giving them that emotional outlet, they're completely emotionally all over the place, hugely expressive, 
you know, overwhelmed with feelings, all those things and seemingly completely out of control. But the more that we can give those those opportunities at home, the more emotionally grounded and stable that your children are going to be. And the less likely they're going to behave like this man that I saw, an elected MP, behave yesterday. Um, and another thing that really struck me was that there was no humour. Everybody was terribly serious. And there was little place for, for that softness, for that humour. And when we bring play with our children, we integrate it. We, I always say, you know, weave play throughout your day. We all need humour. We all need that sort of emotional release just through a little bit of laughter here and there. And when everything is so constricted and so serious, that's, of course, when people are going to explode and, and behave incredibly rudely. So let's not be so serious all the time. Parenting doesn't have to be serious. Life doesn't have to be serious all the time. And even I'm sure this parliamentary inquiry doesn't have to be so serious. Yes, there needs to be robust conversations. There needs to be a lot more robust conversations. Um, but we can weave humour and empathy and hopefully compassion throughout to, to get to a better outcome rather than it all being so combative. Number four is use your anger well. I don't know about you, but I grew up believing that it was really wrong to be angry, that angry emotions and behaviours are not to be tolerated. Um, and if you are angry, you need to go to your room and you just need to sort yourself out. You need to calm yourself down and then come out when you're being much more acceptable. You're much more acceptable when you're not angry. And of course, aggressive behaviour is is unpleasant. We don't, you know, we're not going to encourage our children to go around hitting each other and shouting at each other. You know, even though sometimes, God, I want to shout at people, but that's not going to get you anywhere. And that is um, an unhelpful expression of your anger. But anger per se is helpful. And I want you to be angry about things that you feel are worth getting angry about. It wasn't until I was 30 that I realised that I could be angry and I am angry. There's many, many things that I'm angry about. And what we need to do is to channel that anger to, to positive change. So I'm really furious about how the majority of women are treated in birth, not by individual midwives, but by the system per se. And I have used that anger, particularly about our development of this new private public partnership hospital, to good use. And so what I would love to offer to you is that if you are angry about something, don't just keep going, oh, I shouldn't be angry about this because that's, you know, it's not nice. But equally, don't explode at everybody and start ranting and shouting at everybody because that's people can't listen to that. But to use your anger for good. And if there's something that's annoying you, what, um, to use that constructively. Now, we can't often always do that. And there's been many times when I've been overcome with rage at what I see, the, just the insanity of, of our systems. But I take that to my listening partnership. And I, I'm going to do, I can, I've been saying this before, but I will do an episode on listening partnerships and what that entails. But it basically is a space that you can use to offload and work on any emotions that you have. And so I will go there and I will just be so angry about something. And I can speak freely and really let it out. It's basically... Like when you're with your child whilst they're having a tantrum and they're just letting everything out. We call it freedom of the mouth. They can just say whatever they like because you know that they're offloading. 
So likewise, I'll have a listening partnership and sometimes I'll just rant and rant and rant and rant. <sighs> then I'm calmer. And so then I can still be angry inside, but not raging. I'm not raging at anybody. And I can channel that anger usefully and helpfully. So when your children are angry, don't automatically shut down their anger. There's Patty Whitfler says, you know, there's righteous indignation. Patty Whitfler is a founder of Hand in Hand, who I reference frequently. There's times when your children are absolutely right to be angry. Um, you know, if they're being treated poorly at school by a, um, a fellow pupil or a teacher, there's absolute right for them to be angry. Now, of course, it's not right for them to lash out and, you know, hit somebody over the head or whatever it is they're doing. But don't automatically shut down their anger. See if you can hold the space for them to fully express their anger and their outrage to you. Let them offload it as much as possible. Bring a play, bring the pillow fight, bring bashing a pillow, you know, bashing the, bashing the bed or having a wrestling fight or something that's going to help them to offload their anger. And then they're going to be in a much better position to go back to that situation and address it in a much calmer way. So don't dismiss anger as something bad. It's not bad. It's very helpful to have anger. And if you feel angry, there's a really good reason why you feel angry. Likewise, if your child is feeling angry, there's a really good reason why they're feeling angry. So don't, dis don't be scared of that emotion. Help your children and yourself with that emotion. And then you can channel it really effectively. And on the last thing, just adding the feminism being, don't be afraid to be an angry woman. I think as many of us, we can be afraid of coming across as an angry woman because it's not feminine. It's not attractive. It's not pleasant. It's not placatory. And we've had discussions in our group about how we haven't wanted to appear to be angry. And so that's where I think we just need to get more specific about the distinction between being angry and channeling it well and just being rude and aggressive. So just we need to stand up for what is right, particularly now, particularly in the age of Trump and, um, you know, these terrible fires in the Amazon and things that are happening in the world, which in our heart of hearts, we just don't feel is right. But it's incumbent on us to start making steps and to work on areas where we can. And um, so, yeah, use your anger where possible. But making that distinction, you just don't need to be aggressive. But it's important that we all speak up. So my last thing of it, thank you for staying so far, is to keep going. Whatever it is you're doing, which you might feel is not getting you anywhere, is pointless. If it's something that you really strongly believe in, keep going. Using the example of our friends of Northern Beach Maternity Services, we've kept going in various iterations over five years and we've come and then we've gone and then we've sort of given up and then we've gone back again and people have come and gone and then come back again. And we've never known where we we're going to get to. Obviously, we had the grand vision, but that's been tempered over the time. But we just needed to keep speaking up. We just needed to keep trying to be heard, trying to inform the local community what's actually happening and keep going. And then it's resulted in this parliamentary inquiry that we have then been invited to participate in. So I also was reflecting of, you know, is there something that you are angry about or working on? 
And just to keep going with it, you never know what amazing things might happen. One of the amazing things that's happened for me was a, um, a, a group of people at the middle of last year, end of last year, approached me to see if I wanted to stand as an independent for the state parliament at the elections earlier on this year, which I really debated about and got excited and then went, uh, no. Um, but you never know what's going to happen. And that, thinking about our parenting, there's times when we... You know, you might be trying to bring another pillow fight and, you know, they're still being really annoying or you're listening to feelings and you feel, oh, my God, this is never going to end. My child is permanently angry and annoyed at everybody. But there's a part of you that realises that by bringing compassion and empathy is, you know, in inverted commas, the right thing to do, because what's the alternative? Um, and the alternative is probably just to get annoyed and can't deal with it, which, you know, we can all do at time to time. But if... We keep doing things that we believe in and that we think are right, even if we don't know what the exact outcome is going to be. So I don't know what your child is going to be when they're grown up. I don't know what my children are going to be like when they're grown up. But I just hope that by me treating my children in the way that I ideally want to treat them, that that's going to have a really positive effect on them. It might not. I don't know. But I know that I will know that I have done the best that I can and I have done the best, kindest, compassionate approach that I could give my children. And then I can let go of the outcome a lot more because I know that I, the only thing I control, can, can control is me. And if I feel that I'm doing what I think is the right thing or the right thing with the information that I have at the time, then, then that's enough. Um, and so I just want to say, you know, even in those times when it's really hard to keep going because there will be moments of like, oh, light. Oh, okay. I can see now how that's helping my child or I can see that, you know, they're benefiting from that. But there are times when it can just seem a bit bleak and that you are banging your head against a brick wall with your child, but keep reaching out the support for support. Keep researching, keep staying true to what you want and positive things will happen it might be a couple of years down the line. It might be tomorrow. You don't know. But just keep going. Stay true to your values and what's important to you. And amazing things can happen. <laughs> so um, I hope that that's helpful. And I hope that that wasn't too ranty as well. But I think sometimes we do need to talk about bigger issues. And um, and it is important that we recognise that what we're doing as mothers, I predominantly talk to mothers, is really, really important. It's not necessarily needing to be done exclusively by us, but I think we need to really value ourselves. And when we can value ourselves as mothers and and command respect, we can also look at what children need respect. And that's why many of the traditional parenting approaches aren't respectful. They aren't empathic. They aren't compassionate. They're harsh and they're disciplinary and they're, you know, they're not enjoyable ways of being with people and so when we're, we're pioneering we're pioneering a change in how we treat people and there's always going to be the old school going oh you're just creating snowflakes and what have you no we're creating people who are so socially aware and empathic and wish to use compassion and are not afraid of their emotions and um, are doing things a bit differently and we shouldn't be afraid of that. And as parents, we're leading that change and we need to respect ourselves and command respect from others. So keep going, mum, 
keep going, Dad, who's listening. And um, just know that what you're doing is really, really, really important. I was looking at those MPs and some of them I just think, you're amazing, please keep going. And others I'm going, oh my God, really? But they're not more important than me as an at-home mum. They're not important, more important than you. So just value yourself in who you are as a mum. Value your children in whatever way they are. We can't always fit the mould. And um, keep taking imperfect action. You're never going to do it right all the time. Your children are not going to be great all the time. But if we just keep going, keep bringing this beautiful parenting approach which has been developed by Paddy Whitfler and Aletha Salter and I'm forever grateful for them because by keeping going with our own children we get to shape society it gets to ripple out and hopefully we do see a change all right so uh thanks for staying this far and next week's <laughs> the normal schedule of parenting tips and strategies will resume but I just feel it's important that sometimes we look at how we're parenting in a broader context of society and what we want society to be like and how we want to be represented and what we want to do within it. All right, have a great week and I'll speak to you next week. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released and I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. And if you want to shout less and connect more, head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games which you can start playing straight away. You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing.